whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to another Whistleblower Report. This is Inside Pharma with Dr. Lee for America and Headley Reese, our career pharmaceutical manufacturing distribution and quality oversight specialist who has spent a career as a consultant and working in big pharma to ensure the delivery of safe supply of medicines. And this is a shocking revelation that he brings to us today, a letter from Dr. Laura Squire, who is the Chief Healthcare Quality and Access Officer for the MHRA, Medical and Health Products Regulatory Agency in the UK. Now, what is shocking is what Hedley Reese is going to be sharing with us that she's put forth in this letter. But Dr. Squire has her degree in public policy and experience in regulatory and organizational transformation, but she has no experience in the regulation of medicines, vaccines, and medical devices. It is truly shocking to me as a physician who has relied upon proper experts at the FDA in the United States over my career to hold Big Pharma accountable for proper clinical trials, proper data analysis, proper and safe drug development, proper manufacturing standards, and all of that. And of course, we've discussed many times the fact that the FDA waived the good manufacturing standards and did not hold Big Pharma to the normal clinical trial standards for the COVID shots. And we've seen the disaster and the deaths and disability and serious medical complications that have resulted from the COVID shot worldwide as a result of just abdicating all oversight of proper safety standards, both for the clinical trials as well as for the manufacture and distribution of the COVID shots. And now what we're seeing is a broader abdication of that responsibility with the MHRA regulatory body in the UK 
as well. So this is just very, very serious. And every one of you listening who has taken any pharmaceutical product in your lifetime needs to be very concerned about what Headley Reese is sharing with us today. And you need to really start pushing your elected representatives in all of the countries for our listeners. You need to start holding your elected officials accountable to get these regulatory agencies back on track serving the public rather than the profit of big pharma. So this is Inside Pharma giving you a look inside this black box of non-transparent goings on that are affecting your life and your safety with your medicines. So Henley, thank you for bringing all of this to our attention. Tell us about this letter and what it means and what your concerns are as to why this is so deadly serious for the public. Yes, thank, thank you, Dr. Lee. Um, I, I should start off by saying for your American listeners that this will be coming your way sometime soon. Everything with the, with the injection so far has gone through the UK MHRA first, uh, the initial Pfizer approval, the initial Pfizer jab, that was approved first by the MHRA and everyone since has been approved by MHRA and gone into lockstep. This is this has gone a stage further now. And how I found out is that there's a, a regular board meeting that's in public that the MHRA, MHRA holds. And it's possible to submit questions. And sometimes they choose a question and they talk to that uh, real time. But I, I submitted a question in March of this year. And I wasn't expecting to get a reply, really, because it was quite a pointed question. And last weekend, I think it was suddenly in my inbox, I had an email from Dr. Laura Squire or from customer services, but it was written and signed by Dr. Laura Squire. And it was in answer to the question that I'd submitted. Now, I was asking about point of care manufacture, which is uh, now live in the UK for gene therapy products only. Now, on the MHRA website, there's apparently a, consult a consultation taking place. Um, now, I'm not exactly who they've consulted, uh, but I don't think they've consulted the people who know the risks of, 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 of this. They seem to have consulted doctors and patients and other other groups. And I don't know how they could uh, conclude from that co consultation that it was okay to move ahead with this point of care manufacture. But anyway, you can find that on the MHRA website. I'll give you the link, Dr. Lee, for the show notes. And, um, and there's other information about this point of care. Now, I should say something about Dr. Squire first. Um, and also, in, in explaining who Dr. Squire is and what her background is, I also want you to explain for our listeners the difference between point of care model they're talking about right now versus traditional manufacturing facilities. Yeah. So that so, pe people understand what 
point of care really means and why that is dangerous for our safety. Yes, yeah, th thanks for bringing that up, Dr. Lee. Uh, well, if you spend sort of your career in the industry in manufacturing, uh, no one can make any change to a drug in any way without it um, being properly managed under good manufacturing practice rules. So that whenever you change something, you have to validate the change, uh, which can sometimes can take months. And there's so much work involved in meeting the good manufacturing re uh, requirement uh, regulations that you have to be trained, the facility you work in has to be inspected. And all these things is similar to a school or any other establishment that's you know got uh, got to have quality outputs. So that's always been the case the last 40 years. Uh, when the manufacturer sends the, 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 the products to the distributor, they are not allowed to do anything to it whatsoever, not even put a label on it that says anything or, or, or any sort of mark on it, because there has to be a distinction between the quality system that made it, where all the raw materials and the suppliers have to be specified, inspected, etc. And then the movement to the pharmacy, which is via distributors. And in the US, it's uh, Amerisos Bergen, McKesson, and Cardinal Health who, who do that, and they're properly trained. Uh, so that's um, the divide. And that's why GMP, good manufacturing practice, is so important, because you make one mistake and you can kill people. So, um, and what they've done in the in the UK is actually change the regulations, the GMP regulations for just for gene therapies, well, they're called advanced therapies, but these are gene therapies that applies to the mRNA and the adenovirus vaccines. And in doing that, hospital pharmacies now would be able to do what the vaccination centers did in the, in the days of uh, C-19, where they were thawing uh, frozen vaccines, where they were manipulating vaccines, where they were um, doing the inventory control, storing, relabeling, all the things that are classic manufacturing, they were doing that in the, vac in the vaccination centers and other facilities. And I said at the time, as you know, Dr. Lee, I wrote the European Medicines Agency and said, look, you cannot do this. You cannot have untrained people in vaccination centers doing all this manufacturing work without it being dangerous. But um, I had the sort of the, the European Medicines Agency just said, uh, well, no, we're happy with it. And, um, and subsequently, I've still been saying this is dangerous. And, and now we're seeing in the UK, they've actually changed the regulations in January 2022. Uh, what's known as the Orange Guide, which is the, um, the Bible in the industry for, for good manufacturing practice and good distribution practice. For advanced therapies only, it is now allowable for hospital pharmacies to manipulate vaccines in the same way as they did with the, the COVID pandemic. So that's a real concern to me because these people aren't trained. These vaccines have to be aseptically processed, which means they have to be sterile. If you look at a facility that fills vaccines, 
the highly automated lines with quality uh, sensors on there. How is a hospital going to put a vaccine, the liquid, into a vial, uh, put the stopper on, keep it sterile, keep it safe, and then inject it into a patient? It's it's just a cloud. Well, it's it's it sounds like it's actually a diabolical plan because there's almost no way to avoid contamination when you're handling it in facilities that don't have the sterile conditions and the proper air filtration and quality sensors that you're talking about. But not only that, just common sense, everyone listening. Why would you call something advanced biologics or advanced therapies and then turn right around, which implies advanced therapies requires, uh, implies something quite sophisticated and complex, right? Why would you then turn around and then lower the standards for preparing that injectable to be put into people's bodies? It, it actually seems diabolical to me. Well, uh, absolutely. And uh, you said common sense. To, to me, this is, was being common sense all the way through to expect in untrained people in vaccination centers to be able to do what they did. But having said that, I, I just read out what the letter said. So I'd, I'd ask the question, how are you going to control this? What quality system are you going to use? Who is going to uh, ensure things are inspected, whatever? And the uh, the reply I got back basically said, um, the proposed mechanism for oversight is a point of care master file that names the that names the control site and all satellite sites that carry out manufacturing of point of care products. The control sites must hold a, a license to manufacture and it would be responsible for all the satellite sites and satellite sites will be hospital pharmacies and other such facilities. So uh, we know that through the pandemic, all the emissary inspections were, were distance, virtual. They never went to visit any of the facilities. And suddenly they're going to license hospital pharmacies when they haven't even been to inspect the the the, the facility the, the the authentic manufacturers. So I asked the question, you know, so where are the control sites? Who will be in charge? How many satellite sites will there be? Presumably they are hospital pharmacies if it is point of care manufacture. What skills and experience will the satellites have? Who will inspect the hospital pharmacies quality management system? Now I was told by Ian Reese, who's retired now, but he was head of innovation at MHRA. And he said the, the Care Quality Commission would be responsible for the quality systems in, in the hospital. Now, I, I know it's a UK body and they wouldn't know the first thing about manufacture. And I'm not even sure if anyone's told them that that's the idea. So what, um, what I'm, I'm, feeling now is this is just out of control, especially since the, the NHS now has got three networks working on gene therapies. They have been for the last 15, 12 or 15 years. 
Um, and the main gene therapy they're working on is what they call a CAR-T therapy. It's for uh, blood cancers, rare blood cancers. There is one on the market that's um, uh, been sold by Novartis. It was approved by the FDA in August 2017. It's got troubling side effects of cytokine storm and neurological toxicities. Um, but the UK NHS is very, very advanced with these networks who are working on these gene therapies. I can I can show you a video and I'll put it, I'll give it to you all in the show notes. And I think when you look at it, you'll start to ask yourself, my gosh, what's what's going on here? And as I said, this is coming to all other countries. Once they establish this, if they do, then it'll be rolled out through US, Europe, and wherever they can. Now, I think it's going to kill masses of people. So this would be a call just to say, stop. This is idiotic. This isn't going to work. This is this is where we get in local garages to affix the, the brakes to car wheels, um, as we've sort of spoken about before. You cannot have amateurs manufacturing these complex biologic therapies, which are the most difficult to manufacture of all. So, um, and I've written, a, I, I wrote the Freedom of Information request to ask about the changes to the regulations in the UK for these advanced therapies. And I just haven't had a proper reply. I've had a Teams call with MHRA, with Ian Rees, who was very senior, and he couldn't answer the questions that I've just brought up. Uh, so, and I, but I, you know, it's 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 like you're bashing your head against the wall, and um, you just wanted someone to say, you know, stop doing that because we're going to sort it. We're going to work on it, and we're going to deal with it. Um, but you know, nothing's happening. Uh, so I'll, I'll put these links on the sh the show notes. Following our discussion with Andrew Bridgen last week, I've sent I've sent these details to him as well, and he's aware, and I'm hoping that he will be able to ask a question in Parliament uh, that will really put the spotlight on how idiotic this idea really is. Well, uh, it's be you know it really is beyond just being idiotic and stupid it's it's deadly for the public look at the the skyrocketing deaths from the covid shots they never should have been finished in pharmacies that weren't equipped to handle these complex products and we have independent scientists worldwide who've done analysis of the vials and have showed massive variants and Sasha Latipova and you and Dr. Yeadon and many others have been exposing the massive variants over 10,000 fold variants in the content of mRNA product in them. Some have almost none, others have 10,000 times too much and are highly toxic. And then you have all of the issues of contamination, DNA contamination, um, heavy metal contamination, and a whole lot of other contaminants 
that have been identified by these independent laboratory analyses. It's, it's staggering the damage to the public and it has been deadly. It, it is dangerous, it's deadly, and it is something that the public is being kept in the dark about. That's why we call this inside the back black box of big pharma for this whistleblower report, because no one is telling the public about the dangerous changes in the quality and safety oversight for their medicines and vaccines. It's just yeah. stunning. I'm, I'm so proud of the courageous work and the tireless work that you've been doing to expose all of this. Why don't we take a break at this point and come back and talk further after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Truth For Health Foundation whistleblower report inside Big Pharma with Hedley Reese, my co-host and the pharma expert. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. And if you've been injured by the COVID shot, go to vaxdamage.org and fill out a citizen's vaccine injury report. And then on our website, truthforhealth.org, you have our vaccine injury treatment guide to help you get diagnosed and identify the problems that need treatment. Listen to us on the Whistleblower Reports at www.whistleblowerreports.org on demand and on all of your favorite podcast channels. We will be right back after the break. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report Inside Pharma with my co-host, Hedley Reese. This is Dr. Vliet, a.k.a. Dr. Lee for America, and we are discussing the ominous and dangerous changes in regulatory oversight with the MHRA in the UK, which has set the stage for other regulatory agencies around the world, including the FDA, to follow in their footsteps on the approval of the experimental COVID shots and then changes to the manufacturing standards that are being required. So Headley, go ahead with some of the additional concerns that you've raised and let's talk about why is that so dangerous for the public and what can the public do about it? Yeah, well, I should say that 
you know, the um, uptake of the poison injections has slowed down, and that might lull people into a false sense of security that things are going to, um, you know, bed down quietly. But the industry is forging ahead with these mRNA advanced therapies. We know that Peter Marks, um, who's head of the FDA's Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, which means he has the, got the ultimate responsibility at FDA for um, evaluating these drugs. He was at a conference in London uh, last year for two days rubbing shoulders with all these companies who are developing mRNA drugs. And the thing you note is that they're all very small companies. They've all got peculiar names. They're making up these names. And none of them have developed a drug in their lives. And they're holding conferences. And the suppliers to the industry are all sponsoring. And uh, it, you, it's, it's horrifying to see. So and people send me uh, courses that are on offer now for training in the advanced therapies and uh, all sorts of things. And it's taken on a life of its own. So although the, the, the sort of mRNA seems to have damped down, actually, it's really taking off. And people can't see it because it's all in the, the pharma press. If you know where to look, you can see it. But if you don't know where to look, you don't know. And if you don't know, it's creeping up without you being able to do anything about it. So what to do about it? I think, um, I, I honestly think that aside from people uh, going to their political representatives and, and, and the whole thing, um, there's a lot of activity on Twitter from Senator Rand Paul and Senator Ron Johnson and in Europe, there's, there's uh, again, people speaking out. Uh, Christine Anderson, we've got Andrew Bridgeton in the UK. Uh, you know, reach out to them if you can. Uh, the more that these brave people are speaking out, the more chance we've got of stopping it, because it's going to need real collaboration and people working together to stop this whole thing. The, the, the industry, I don't think it even knows how how um, difficult these injections are to make. They've just seen, they've seen the golden goose that's laying the egg and they're chasing that, that goose. Uh, and the, the result of that is everything's done at, at uh, warp speed, even quicker than warp speed. Um, you know, we, we talked about vaccines being produced in 100 days from Melinda Gates and uh, various other people. So, do your research, um, identify the people who really, the, the, the thing is, we need people who actually have got an idea of what's going on inside the industry. You need to understand that dynamic, really to be able to ask the right questions. And uh, with the right information and the right questions, I think we're going to, to get there. I, I, what do you think, Dr. Lee? I think it's more than that, but what, what's your thinking? I think you're correct, but we need more people who are pressuring elected officials in every country. We see the beginning of resistance in 
many countries throughout Eastern Europe, they are standing strong. And even in, in the UK, we're beginning to see people stand up against this assault on our lives and the safety of our medicines and vaccine supply. And I think we're seeing it in the US as well. Certainly the Australian senators and um, people in the Australian parliament have been really taking the big pharma executives to task, particularly Pfizer. And, and I'm glad to see that, but we need a whole lot more of it because we're still looking at massive censorship by the corporatized media controlled by just a few major companies worldwide. I mean, we're looking at probably less than 10 companies worldwide that control all of the media globally. That's really shocking. So it's independent citizen journalists like we're doing that's getting the truth out to people. Yes, I think that's essential. Um, I think there's going to be uh, a sort of a snowball effect because what's happening is not going to go in, you know, when the truth comes out, it keeps coming out. And uh, we just have to keep speaking the truth. And eventually, there's going to be such a critical mass of people power, if you like, that, you know, there's not many of the elites, when you look at it, and what they're doing with artificial intelligence, that's never going to work. Artificial intelligence, it's not intelligent. And yeah, Microsoft, um, Microsoft uh, had MHRA use HoloLens 2 to do the inspections, uh, you know, which basically they're not inspections because the, the people doing the inspection are the ones who are working in the plant with a camera on their head, going around showing you know, various parts of the plant and maybe submitting documentation. But I honestly believe that all the hype about artificial intelligence is obviously driven by companies like IBM and, uh, and Microsoft, et cetera. But, you know, we are physical people with physical bodies. We need to travel, we need to connect. And when I think of some of the things that artificial intelligence gets wrong, anything I'm involved with, you cannot take the human dimension out of it. So part of this, I think, is going to be the collapse of the whole concept of computers being able to run the world because they're useful in terms of algorithms that enable you to do things quicker, more effectively. But in terms of doing your thinking for you, that's never going to happen. It's always going to be human beings doing that. So that's another chink in the art in, in the elite's armor, I think. Well, I think you are correct. And I just I think this is where the power of we the people, and I realize that's the phrase in our founding documents in America, but it really is important for people around the world. If we look back at the movie Les Miserables about the people standing against the tyranny in France and overturning the, the tyranny then. And we look at um, the Cristeros in Mexico who at around the 1900s overturned 
the Marxist takeover of Mexico and the fact that the Marxists were closing the Catholic churches and killing the priest and killing those who tried to worship in the churches. It's always we, the people, who stand against the evil of tyranny, no matter what form it comes in. And that is the why we work so hard to bring these topics to the uh, to the public so that they understand what's going on behind their back and in, under the cloak of secrecy that's affecting our lives, all of us. So I'm grateful for all that you're doing on that. What other points do you want people to know in what's going on in the UK that is kind of a bellwether for what's coming for the US and other countries with regulatory agencies that have been captured by Big Pharma? Yes, well, we've got the UK Health Security Agency, which is effectively the marketing arm of the MH, always public health, but it, they are constantly coming out with new diseases, new viruses, new treatments, you know, monkeypox, the whole thing. <laughs> And really, um, again, it's just creating the market for these products that they're, they're developing. We know Dr. Jenny Harris, who runs it, she was uh, a leading light in the, in the um, approval of the, of the vaccines and on various committees, et cetera. And, you, you, you know, the, the, we seem to have people who are running what I would call non-elected bodies uh, that really don't have any official power or, or um, a, a ability to make decisions, but they do make decisions and then they use the media to convince people that they are legitimate when they aren't. So we know, you know, uh, the, the, um, the SAGE group that, that again was heavily involved in the UK in debating and approving these vaccines. It was just a collection of people who, uh, I don't know who selected them and, and you know appointed them, but they weren't appointed as the competent authority responsible for making vital decisions on the approval of drugs. And so none of the information really was being properly assessed. And we've got what we've got, and now we've got the WHO, again, self-appointed, We've got this duplicate regulatory body, which we've spoken about before, and uh, the International Coalition for Medicines of, uh, for Regulatory Affairs, medicines. You know, all these bodies are being set up, and it's it's just hard to work out who's actually doing it. But what I do know is that regulators across the world have been hollowed out, and. Um, and we've got to rebuild the skills base and the people the, the, the people with proper drug evaluation skills, the skills of um, of what they call drug uh, DMPK, drug metabolism, pharmacokinetics, where they have to go into immense detail to see where the drug has gone in the body, uh, what organs it collects in, and also what the body does to the drug. When you take a drug, it could be a safe, it could apparently be safe, and then the body will break it down 
so that it collects in areas where you don't want it to be, and that can make it toxic. You know, the whole toxicology is is a huge discipline, and I know for the fact that I don't know of anyone that the MHRA has got those sort of skills. So how they can evaluate new drugs, I do not know. And it same goes for the supply chain, the chemistry, manufacturing, and controls, which is a a key module of the evaluation of a drug, where every manufacturer, every supplier, every uh, specification, uh, protocols, quality systems have to be gone through in immense detail. And typically it takes between 12 to 18 months for any regulatory body to evaluate a new drug from the time the company that wants to market the drug submits a dossier. So that 12 to 18 months is well known. It's documented in a US government accountability office report of 2006. And it also documents the other uh, times to, for drugs to get to market or through drug development. It takes three years for the preclinical testing. That's before testing in humans. And it takes seven years for the clinical testing. So again, we're talking about between 10 and 12 years. And it's not because, you know, people are doing things slowly or not trying very hard. Putting a drug into your body, it's an unknown substance. That's an incredibly risky thing to do. So all this work is about making sure that all the checks and balances have been taking place. And the regulations have been revised and tightened over the last 40 years in response to various things going wrong, particularly heparin in 2007, when there was adulterated product in the supply chain, which killed people and disabled people, harmed people, serious adverse events. And after that, that was a wake-up call to introduce controls into the supply chain. And now the UK has said, the act that's brought those controls in, we don't need them anymore. And they've decided again in 2022, they decided not to comply with the falsified medicines directive, which is a European directive, which means there have to be controls in, in place, safety measures on, on, the, on the package so that they can um, work out if a drug has come from a genuine source or from a rogue source. So, you know, that's how that's how bad things have, have, have become. And the concern is that people don't know that. And uh, hardly anyone comes, you know, I was in the industry for 10 years calling out the fact that the supply chain is so outsourced, there's no control, it's totally fragmented, and it's you know, it's unsafe. And I'd stand up in court and say that in front of a judge or, or whatever. Um, but because this industry has been such a black box, people don't even know who to ask to get the right answers. Lawyers could ask me, and I would get, I've, I've given numbers of expert witness reports um, in, in huge detail. And I don't see it, no one's doing anything with them. I find it a bit frustrating because if you, like what Brock Jackson is doing with with her her case, that is a open and shut case. That that company 
was uh, fraudulent in the way it managed its cl clinical trial sites. Brooke Jackson knew that within two or three days of being there. And yet a judge is still, I think she's had some notice of disclosure now, which, which I think is a, is a positive step forward. And again, once judges start to really understand what we're talking about here, this is like an aircraft that's been made defectively and there have been major crashes and there needs to be an investigation. And the first investigator should be the company making the aircraft. Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, Airbus, whatever. Have you seen any of the big pharma companies with any presence anywhere investigating what's happened with these with these injections? Investigating the side effects. It's their prime responsibility to follow up on side effects, not MHRA, not FDA. It's for the companies to do their own pharmacovigilance. The role of the regulator is to ensure those companies have got the processes in place to be able to identify serious adverse events and respond to them. And one response could be to call a total recall because they found so many adverse events and potentially deaths that they have to stop the drug. And there's more evidence than anyone knows in terms of excess deaths that is pointing to the issues with these injections. And, you know, I, it just leaves me lost, lost for words. Um, so Dr. Lee, I'm going to put the, the, the links in, uh, send the links to you, uh, and hopefully people will look at them because it really does paint a picture where you can be, begin to understand what's been going on. And if nothing else, we can just keep, um, Speaking the truth, saying what we know, and you know, with uh, with God behind us, and you know, uh, a, a, a will. I think we can eventually expose what's been going on, at least on the medical side and the side that you, you and I are familiar with. Well, I think I think that's critical, and one of the things that I've been increasingly concerned about that goes directly to your point about the supply chain issues and quality control over the last, I would say, 15 years in medical practice, what I've seen is a number of warnings from our FDA about recalls of various generic medications, primarily produced in China and India, and problems with contamination and lack of efficacy, lack of standardization of dosing. And this was in the categories of um, blood pressure medicines, those antibiotics, and, and several other categories. And I have worked hard to try and encourage my patients to, to check with their pharmacist about the manufacturing source of generic medicines. But what we're now seeing, in spite of all of these recalls, in spite of concerns about quality and issues of contamination and drug safety in the generics coming from China and, and India as well, what we've now seen in the last few years 
is all of the major pharmacy chains in the United States, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, for example, among some of the bigger ones, are actually pushing all patients into generic medicines and over 90% of the generic medicines come from India and China. And yep. it's very hard to find a reputable source for generic medicines in a country that is known for adhering to proper manufacturing practices and standards of oversight. So I'm increasingly concerned about not only all of the issues that you raise for the advanced biologics, advanced therapies, mRNA COVID shots, and all of the transition of other vaccines to the mRNA platform. I'm concerned also about the distribution, the supply chain and the manufacturing and the distribution quality issues in just routine generic medicines that more and more we're beginning to see problems with those as well. And, and I just think it's a staggering problem. I'm so grateful for your expertise that you share with our audience. Well, yes, um, they work to such tight margins, the generics companies, that they um, really have to cut things to the bone. Uh, and th there are there's one major issue with generics in that the, the generics company when it launches uh, a, a drug when the 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 the, the, the original drug is out of pet pattern they aren't allowed to know what the non-active ingredients are the excipients so they have to guess uh, which means very often the generic is not the same as the original particularly with controlled release drugs things like um, controlled release of uh, thyroxine and drug, drugs like that. I've known someone say to me that uh, his wife moved to different places in the US and she was, you know, she was, uh, I don't know, she had a thyroid problem and taking different drugs as she moved states, she found one was very inferior to another one. Uh, oh, and, I see and, that all the time in medical practice. I, I have seen it over my whole career. In fact, um, I, I met, earlier when we could still get brand medications, I would have to specify brand only because some patients would, would have serious reactions to the generics because the inactive ingredients are different in dyes, they are sensitive, they have allergic reactions to dyes. I, I mean, it's, it's a huge problem that doctors are not paying enough attention to. And now without the regulatory oversight, we have even more complications for patients. All of you yes. listening, please heed the warnings from Hedley Reese about the importance of paying closer attention to your medications and where they come from. If you are having problems when you've changed from one manufacturer to another with a generic medicine, talk to your doctor, talk to your pharmacist, insist that they mark your pharmacy record to go back to the one that you tolerated without difficulty. And then everyone needs to start pushing our elected officials to stop 
this lack of safety oversight hold the regulatory agencies accountable for the job they are paid by taxpayers to do to protect the public. Any closing comments today, Edley? Yes, Dr. Lee, that's, um, that's a very good point to make. What I would say to finish off, in fact, today, I've self-published a book on Amazon called COVID-19 Supply Chain, Fact Not Fiction. Um, I, I'm hoping it'll go up. I've only just submitted it, and uh, I hope they won't sort of <laughs> turn it down. But it covers all the things I've been talking about in our drugs, supply chain, regulations, and so, and it's written in a way that's very easy to understand. Um, so if anyone did want to uh, take a look at that, if you go on to Amazon, you Google my name, uh, put, put my name in there, you see various books come up and uh, it's called uh, COVID-19 Supply Chain Fact Not, Not Fiction. And um, because I'm passionate about people learning more about all these things because exactly what you've said is right. They can ask their doctor questions and eventually the doctor will start asking the pharma companies questions because he's getting so many questions from his patients and you see a whole new pushback taking place. So, Well, I think uh, that's exactly right. And thank you for telling us about this book that you've made available on Amazon. And as we launch the Truth for Health Foundation store, we will add it there as well. Thank you, Hedley, for all of your work. And listeners, join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for a new whistleblower report at www.whistleblowerreports.org, as well as all of your favorite podcast channels. Look for us under the name, The Whistleblower Report, and also Truth For Health. This is Dr. Lee for America. We'll be back again with another whistleblower report. Stand strong, speak out. And let's take back our medical freedom and the safety of all of our medicine supplies. Join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for another Whistleblower Report.